Hello and welcome to Dowdy, the podcast where me, Mariana Feijó, talk to my guests about the concept of bravery, or braveness, even just the moments where folks have been slightly out of their comfort zones. I'm going to keep my intro short and simple today. I'm recording this on a Tuesday morning in London. I know a lot of you are listening to me from America, and this is a big day for you. I hope when the episode comes out on Wednesday, we're all happy. Either way, it's a very silly episode. You can listen to and not think about the world. It's also the start of what became a recurring bit for at least the following two episodes, which is the fact that I'm submitting a new definition of bravery to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. So send me your definitions of bravery and I'll make my best to change what's in print. The episode, of course, starts as it always does, with my guest Bruce Tang introducing himself. I'm Bruce Tang. I'm a writer, illustrator, improv comedy, and all-round good boy, I hope. <laughs> good boy! Yay! <laughs> 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 I, 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 I will let you use that, because, yeah, I think... Yeah, you are a good boy. I think that is true. <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's all I want! Oh, uh, that's one thing I get really nervous about is, is like, especially online, interacting with anyone online, I, I always want to be like, I don't want to talk too much at this person because they don't know who I am and it, I don't want to put them in a weird compromising position, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what are you afraid of? Oh, I'm afraid of everything. <laughs> we'll get there. I'm afraid of, yeah. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Okay. I, I just I'll, I'll remember uh, this podcast it. is precisely about that and that I will ask you the, that in a few questions. Uh, oh, okay. I will start by asking you, how do you define bravery? How I define bravery? Okay, so I think bravery is when you do something that you hesitate on. Or, or hold up, I had a clearer... <laughs> see, I thought about this before I came on and it's already <laughs> left my brain. <laughs> okay, bravery. It's when you want to do something, but there's some sort of obstacle that makes you feel like you, uh, you shouldn't do it, but you do it anyway. And it's, a, it's an internal thing, a, an internal pressure mm-hmm. that doesn't exist in reality. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And that's that's great. I'm always like uh, surprised by the some of the definitions people give me because sometimes there's something oh, yeah. new and that's something new, the internal struggle. And I think, yeah, that's when you probably are able to admit that you're brave because there's that whole thing yes. about uh, do you think yourself as a brave person or don't you? And what do other people say about you? That mm. is like the dichotomy we've been finding in this podcast. But that is internal struggle yeah. is a nice new add-on to that this definition that I'm creating and that I will have in like 100 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go to the working definition yes. with 100 points <laughs> underneath it. It's a long library. Yes. And I, library? Dictionary. Yes. That's and then I will pitch oh. into the Merriam-Webster d- dictionary and I will alter <laughs> the definition. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's that's. Please do that every <laughs> single time you put out an episode. Okay, you just <laughs> at Miriam Webster and, <laughs> and ask them to do it. I will start doing that. Maybe I'll get more listeners. Oh, great! <laughs> all, all those dictionary <laughs> freaks. <laughs> oh, you found a niche. That's all it is. You know, finding your audience. I did figure out recently on Twitter that I follow apparently mm. punctuation freaks because I've just in the la- t- yesterday I had someone tweet about yeah. m dashes and someone else teach tweet about oxford commas and for the first time i've looked up what those things are (laughs) and i now know there's like different there's an m dash a dash an iphone and they're all different things and what i forgot what an m dash is is m dash the one that's like a straight line but then it drops or something I think there's a sick drop at the end of it. I know from what I've understood, it's slightly longer than the hyphen. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird, oh. and they're used in different situations. Yeah. yeah, our friend. Now this little inside stuff for just us two. So I'm just going to actively exclude all of your listeners. <laughs> but our friend Stefan <laughs> is a big like grammar person, big language head. 
Yeah, he, he is my guest on this. We're recording on a Friday oh, and is right. not on a Thursday. Today is Thursday. I don't know anymore what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> But his next episode coming out after our recording. Okay. I didn't ask him about grammar. Oh, well. We need a follow up episode. I think you should. <laughs> yeah, follow up. <laughs> Switch. So we've talked about Brovian dictionaries and grammar. I feel like we're on. Yeah. There's, there's a theme to this which the theme of your entire podcast exactly uh with that i'm going to bring us back to the theme of my podcast and ask you okay. I, i have asked you to think about moments in your life in which you have been brave have you come up with some yes at least one yeah i have t i have two and it took took a lot of thinking because um i feel like everyone's probably like oh, i'm never brave I've, i haven't done anything yeah. and it's i think that's part of a whole I think it's sort of British-ish, but maybe wider context of it's really hard to talk about your accomplishments and what things yeah. that you're proud of without wanting to punch yourself in the face. Um, <laughs> and I have a big problem with that. I'm going to say them both quickly and then I'll go into more detail about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, first one is I have, I have like a lot of clinical anxiety, which I take medication for. Um, and talking about it, I, th I think, is really hard because um, there's there's like general anxiety that you can have, mm -hmm. which I think most people have. Yeah. But then having to explain a bit further, and by saying like, oh, you know, I've had to go on medication for this, I've gone gone to therapy, and um, It's something that I will always live with and it will never go away. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a whole other thing to, to feel comfortable talking about and owning it. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say is, well, I guess part of this is I, I think from a young age, I was always scared of missing out. Massive FOMO energy. And part of that meant that I... I tend to push myself in, out of my comfort zone a lot because mm -hmm. <laughs> my logic is that oh if you're afraid of something then you should do it and that way uh, you understand it better and it's not as scary anymore but <laughs> but what that means is I always throw myself into things without preparing for it at all mm -hmm. and then I end up freaking out because I'm like oh people know what I'm doing here I don't know what I'm fucking doing I'm gonna embarrass myself and it's a constant cyclical thing of of, of trying to be uncomfortable and then being uncomfortable <laughs> big surprise yeah. <laughs> and, and uh yeah getting into that I wonder when you talk to people about your anxiety is there the thing of because almost everyone has some sort of anxiety about the world and mild anxiety or whatever uh, is there the case of people telling you oh I have that too and making it sound like diminishing the anxiety you deal with that has maybe bigger effects than the run-of-the-mill anxiety that most people have I well I'm kind of lucky in that I I have friends who are like who read up on stuff like that so mm -hmm. I don't run into that conversation with, with people talk too often, but if it's such a random person, that it's definitely come up before. Yeah. yeah. One other thing actually is like, I, I kind of see it like how people talk about OCD. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, Duh. oh, people, I'm so OCD. I <laughs> very clean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like no, you you've taken care of your living arrangements. You don't have this clinically recognized disorder. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get to claim that. But yeah, I guess when yeah, uh, a lot of it comes from communicating. Yeah. I uh, uh, for me, my anxiety is is um, trying to sound like I have a, a well-formed sentence that ends in something powerful, <laughs> rather than me trailing off and being like, yeah, and like, yeah, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, because I was also going to ask you when you had been diagnosed and how long have you known you had that sort of anxiety mm -hmm. and if that is related with the fact that you maybe fight it a little bit by putting yourself out of your comfort zone and that way not 
because my idea of anxiety and I don't know if it's the same sort of anxiety that you have is that you overthink things so maybe your tendency is not to do things because you're worried about what might happen and your brain runs out with it and you uh, make a point of putting yourself out of your comfort zone because you yeah. know that maybe a lot of what you're worried about is part of your anxiety oh I'd say like roughly 100% of the time yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I I I first realized how bad it was in first year of university and then went to see a counselor for it. And then after I think I did like a quick Google of do I have depression and anxiety and then did like a 10 question quiz and mm -hmm. it came back with yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that explains like the past 18 years of my life yeah. <laughs> but i don't know it's it's such a um i i get obsessed with the past where i i think i look for things that went wrong because I, I i've been in my brain is constantly what's the word like predisposed pre pre like always trying to think of how to be better yeah um, which means past stuff i look at what went wrong yeah. quote unquote went wrong and and obsess over that one detail and ignore things that went right but in the future i'm like how can i be prepared for this thing that you can't prepare, prepare yourself for, for yeah which yeah. means that i don't know i'm guessing well, how are you dealing with the current time we're living in that means that we actually no one knows what we can't real we can't prepare for anything uh Oh, okay. I haven't said it. Okay, I wasn't sure whether to say this, but I actually fainted for the first time from stress. <laughs> I, it's funny now because there's been enough time that's passed. But I, I was in the kitchen and then I was like freaking out about something, and then I woke up on the floor and I was like, "Whoa!" The, like I haven't had COVID yet. I don't. I hope I don't get it. But uh, yeah. I was like, wow, this is really taking physical tolls of my body. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of when I woke up. Man, COVID, full a year. And so, like, I've, I've actually, you've just, because I've always been curious about what it feels like to faint, because I've never fainted. And I always oh, wondered okay. if if there were, like, signs that you'd think, okay, I'm I know I'm going to faint. But no, you were just doing, going about in your life and then you woke up on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I remember, like, feeling like I was about to throw up. Okay. Um, and then I tried to open a door and then um, was really struggling with it and I was like why won't this fucking door open <laughs> and then and then I was on the floor um, okay. uh, yeah how it felt I think I I think you don't I didn't focus on how it felt because I was just in shock I yeah. think that's the main thing I felt just kind of like everything else I would say well, the one benefit of fainting is that you literally don't think about anything else for the next 10 minutes. Okay, that, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good if you think about it. Maybe that was... I mean, this is... I should stop focusing on the negatives of, of my past fainting yes. experience. Um, I'm trying to focus on the uh, what I learned from that, which is... I was going to say... I was, I was going to say some sort of, like, post-something clarity to be like, this is what happens after... Yeah. You get a clap. But then the only thing I could think of was something really disgusting, <laughs> which I I won't say. Okay, you're welcome to say it. I guess like I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking. Okay, okay, well, let's do this then. All right. So I was thinking, is fainting like post nut clarity? <laughs> but like the stress version of that. There's yeah. all that built. Stress is like edging, I think, because um, it's constantly going yeah. in your head, but there's no like real release. It doesn't yeah, go anywhere. True. You just spiral. And then um, I guess fainting is like the climax. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, and it's like uh, as similarly to climax in, in that sense, you are not thinking of other things while it's happening. <laughs> I think we've just like yeah. got a, an epiphany of, exactly. of 
exactly. what stress is. And this is the kind of powerful dialogue I, I want to share with the world. <laughs> it is like my question about uh, trying to understand if you felt something when you fainted and to, to like uh, make, oh. you, make you think, oh shit, I'm going to faint, so maybe I'll sit down so I won't uh, yeah. fall on Ooh, the floor. Oh, I'm going to faint! <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna faint! <laughs> that reminded me of something really dumb, and that's why I tried to understand if there are like uh, hints that something is going to happen. Because I I had like oh. a, a streak uh, a streak of not vomiting from when I was three oh, okay. till when I was twenty three, like twenty years of not vomiting. So I didn't know what vomiting was, and what coincidentally. Was yeah, coincident, co- coincidentally, like the week uh-huh. before I, or the day before I vomited when I was 23, I was talking to my friend who I tenderly call a serial vomiter <laughs> mm. about vomiting. And she was telling me that you feel like uh, water in your mouth before you yeah. have to vomit. And the yeah, day yeah. I did vomit, I was like feeling horrible. I had like um, a digestion di- dig- digestion stop, and I was feeling like very noxious and whatever. And then I felt water in my mouth, and I thought, I'm going to vomit. I'm going to the toilet. So I didn't vomit on my sofa. And if she hadn't uh, told me that, I probably would have vomited in the sofa because I wouldn't have thought, oh, I'm feeling water in my mouth. I'm going to vomit. So mm. that's what I was trying to figure out if and if there are <laughs> signs like that when you faint, but apparently not. <laughs> well, I, I guess just the dizzy part of it. Yeah. And the, and the massive amount of stress. <laughs> All of that. If you want that post-faint clarity, then uh, <laughs> I recommend that. I recommend stress to people. Yes. I recommend yeah. fainting. <laughs> yeah. And when you put yourself out, your, out of your comfort zone, do you choose? How do you go about it? <laughs> okay. I... Uh, see, my... Okay. My brain is, is so preoccupied with guilt <laughs> <laughs> that what happens is I, I see an opportunity and I think, that looks really interesting. I want to give that a go. And uh, my brain's like, Oh, you you have to do this one though because um, this opportunity is going to come around only this time and if you miss it you're going to regret it and you'll beat yourself up forever if you don't do this thing so you better fucking do this yeah. Bruce because um, otherwise it will hang over your tombstone for the rest of your life and that's how I push myself up my comfort zone so it's usually like things you do want to do but you'll maybe think two or three times before doing but you just go for it. Yeah, yeah. And um, mostly just like, because I was joking a little bit there, but it is it is more like I know I'll regret not doing some stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather I'd rather do it and eat shit than regret it. I feel like I put myself out of my comfort zone a lot, and part of it is that like maybe in the past I didn't, and then you always wonder what if I had done this thing. Mm. So mm-hmm. you know you will be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the thing i'm trying to get better at is like knowing well not knowing but getting more comfortable with being with making mistakes or being terrible mm-hmm. um because i think i i i think i'm pretty amazing uh <laughs> like 90 percent of my time and um a pretty hot and sexy guy uh and i'm just really clever but um sometimes sometimes i'm not sometimes there are days and um i have to be like this is part of being bruce sometimes um you eat shit for breakfast uh lunch and dinner (laughs) (laughs) you've got all the meals covered (laughs) yeah (laughs) i can't by the way (laughs) you can cut this out if you want to but every single time anyone says breakfast lunch or dinner i i my bread i pings the phrase breakfast lunch and fucking dinner which is from do you know where that's from i don't think so it's from colin farrell's sex tape oh uh, yeah i literally didn't know i was wondering <laughs> is that from a movie kinda kinda <laughs> i haven't watched it so yeah i didn't know oh i haven't either but just that phrase someone told me that's what he says and i can't <laughs> not hear it and it's like oh <laughs> 
um what was i going to say i now i now am thinking of uh, his sex tape and i can't yeah. uh, think Breakfast, of anything else dinner. <laughs> oh i know what i was going to say i was going to say that uh, i don't know how you went about uh, you you've said you were an illustrator you're like a really good illustrator i love the things you oh. do yeah. and that's actually Thank the you. first time we've met i didn't know <laughs> well whatever the first time we've met uh, you came oh i do the illustrations for a comedy bang bang something like that and uh, our common yeah. friend who was there uh, champagne and was like oh yeah i've seen them they're really great and blah 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 how did you go about getting your illustrations with them that's like you putting yourself out there and being maybe brave yeah. to put your work out there in in such a like uh, reaching public reaching um setting mm. i posted it on twitter and um sent it to scott Ackerman and he said he put me in contact with the like merch team yeah. and all of that so wow i thought there was more to that story that was literally it <laughs> i could embellish it i could make it sound fancier no that, that's great because that's that, that's basically i don't know you weren't thinking about it being big or anything you just posted it on twitter and it just happened do you think yeah. it would have been different if it was something like you had to if they were asking for submit your illustrations do you think you would have made a bigger deal out of it um yeah i mean i i kind of feel like if you if you make any kind of content you should always pull it online and e <laughs> even if it's bad because there's a lot of worse stuff out there yeah <laughs> um, and if you've made something then you should feel comfortable sharing it because you put work into something and people should appreciate it and yeah. which is all to say people should appreciate what I do because what I do is very very just a powerful stuff yes and it is and it is uh, it is yeah. <laughs> your illustrations are great <laughs> even when you do them because we for context we try to write together we don't that much but we, we have a group of yeah. people who write together yeah, and yeah. try to do sketches and stuff and you've done one that was like for an arts thing that you you were saying that oh. that was a rubbish uh, like uh, arts thing and and we were all like but that's that's like a really cool idea that's really nice and you were like no it's just like it's a rubbish idea you know you know so many people I think it's because of the way I phrased it so many people didn't get that I was doing a bit yeah <laughs> so many people were congratulating me on on this thing that I this like award that I did not receive and. I hope that they keep thinking that yes. I have it. That shows that yeah. you are a very good Don't actor, so you know it's another thing you can yes. sell yourself as. <laughs> I don't see myself as an actor, you know. I, I see myself more as a writer, comedy, mm -hmm. illustrator person. But you do, you do perform comedy as well, so um, mm -hmm. that's a stepping stone into. Uh, or at mm. least you maybe are a comedic actor I when you improvise, so you know, it's like. Okay. Pull your strings. I, yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. I'll take that compliment. Uh. <laughs> and we've we've got to to the point where I ask you about fear, which is whether okay. uh, there's any time in your life that you can think of uh, when you haven't done something because you haven't been brave or because you were afraid of. Again, maybe failure mm. is one of the things you fear that has made you not do something. Yeah. Definitely. I guess circling back to the anxiety section is like uh, my my big fear that I have is that I've let people down somehow. So um, uh, when I've done like at school or something, if I did bad an exam or something, I tend to draw into my room um, and just for days on end just be huddled over with uh, <laughs> with blankets and stuff. That's that's when it's at its worst. That's when I'm most scared. Yeah. I guess. And and or I am I like I'm uncontactable on on phones and stuff. When when I am least active online, that's when I I think I'm at most scared. Yeah. That's cool. That's interesting because you've said like you that happens after you've done something that you think wasn't good enough like when you yeah. were talking about like school so you don't necessarily like you end up not doing stuff because you are 
just uh, you close yourself off from the world but you have mm -hmm. done the thing that you think is wrong that you think is wasn't good enough yeah. before you go into that spiral yeah i guess like whenever whenever i okay so social media this is big lie right and i yeah. feel like we all have to accept that it's just a echo chamber of our proudest achievements yes and it doesn't reflect any of that all of that so with me Whenever I post anything or see anyone doing well, even though we have totally different upbringings and like histories, I, I like really, I really don't enjoy the kind of like churning content aspect of it where you like, I constantly have to prove that I'm doing something with my life or that I, that I, I'm following what other people are doing and how well their lives are doing. Um, Cause I think it's all, a bit gross um, yeah and and those all those big things um the reason why i was talking about them is because i usually feel massive amounts of fear and anxiety posting them talking about yeah. them it's usually after i've done something which in retrospect is is good quote unquote that i feel the most mm -hmm. self-conscious and like i fucked something up yeah okay because when you said that like about school and stuff i remember and that's partly also because i wasn't i studied uh, science and i wasn't necessarily super engaged with it and i remember not like giving up on studying for an exam because i knew i wouldn't be good enough or whatever and then i wouldn't mm -hmm. go to the exam because i could go there was like a second date so i will just not go to the first date of the exam because I knew I was going to fail and I'm not sure I'm not yeah. sure still to this day if that if I will have failed but I will give up before even trying and I think that's part of the fear I had yeah. and in your case it seems like it is the other you still do the things but then you fear afterwards that maybe you shouldn't or it won't be as yeah. good as you think it was so that's an interesting way of thinking of fear it's like a fear after the fact yeah and it makes as much sense as it sounds <laughs> because because yeah I, i i have like the total just like the the regret guilt stuff is all there so i can be an anxious wreck before something and do still yeah. do the thing but maybe like the week after i'm a husk being. yeah that's that's interesting i was going to say that's cool to know but that's not what i meant <laughs> that, that sounds cool. like it's cool to know anxiety is yeah. cool hey you got ocd it might be clinical it's... but it's cool <laughs> is there something in your life uh like coming up that will you'll need to be brave for okay so this is something i keep saying to myself um and not doing it <laughs> but i i, I want to start i thinking i've been thinking about starting a twitch show and doing some live drawing oh but everything is a lot i think when i first started it i i thought that it was around the time lockdown restrictions were easing and i was like yeah. are people gonna be online as much anymore but i don't have to worry about that anymore yeah yes exactly i feel like i've i've i i went through the same because i was doing a lot of content online <laughs> when lockdown first hit and then uh -huh. I like stopped because it's like will people even be online but now I'm thinking about uh, going back to doing stuff online because yeah they they will and it's winter yeah. so you are not going to the parks uh, yeah. in this weather so yeah yeah meeting up with your other five recommended people in the picnic in December yes in the rain and, or and the snow <laughs> yeah. the rain. fun that's being brief <laughs> or stupid uh, maybe they're, they're, they're two sides of the same coin I yes <laughs> i did buy a thermos bottle because i'm thinking if i'm going to be mm. spending more time outside in the cold i need something to warm me up <laughs> i've done the whole here's okay here's another situation where i'm being brave i advocate long johns for your male listeners i think there's no shame in men <laughs> wearing tight cotton uh leg leggings basically because number one they keep you warm two They're form fitting, so they'll give your legs this nice shape to them. <laughs> Or you look at them and they go all the way up to make a nice butt. And also, you're at home, so full flexibility. Yes. I, I, do, I do have. Is that uh, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah everything is welcome yeah. in this podcast it's a conversation <laughs> so whatever our conversation oh cool takes us. okay <laughs> but i was going to say that i do have I, a... whenever i talk to people on like a podcast or something i feel like my brain i go from a to c a lot and uh your podcast can be about like cats or something and we'll end up talking about guns or like most of the time it's something yeah. gross whenever That's... i'm on it's something gross yes. <laughs> I'm, i welcome those things because that's what takes the the oh, podcast yeah. otherwise every episode would be the same uh, but i was going to say that i do have a partner who wears long johns in the winter and i think it's very sexy yeah yeah justice for long johns <laughs> and also like it keeps you warm so you know everything that keeps you warm it makes it better because mm. then when you do take your clothes off you're warm to touch which is nicer than being cold to touch and i know that because <laughs> my hands and my feet are very cold and i get a lot of complaints yeah <laughs> apparently what you're supposed to do is um so in a thigh uh if you have like a hot cup or something you pull it there because that's where your veins are closest to your skin or something so so the blood the hot blood pumps around that region so there's also a podcast about advice on keeping warm <laughs> yes <laughs> we are fearing okay. the winter <laughs> right so we're gonna we're gonna talk to miriam webster we're gonna be like hey this is what bravery means also get some long johns on your front cover and post faint clarity um is another word you should add to your dictionary yes I think it's all things we need to tell M Miriam Webster. Does she even exist? <laughs> is she is she a is she, is she yeah. a woman? Is Miriam a, a, a woman's name? Hold on. I'm, or is like, that what, just a on. surname? <laughs> is it Miriam hyphen? Oh, Miriam M dash Webster. Yes. Um, so I guess that's a surname. So. Oh crap! It's a surname. I never thought about that. Is that just? It's, it's going to be some crusty old white dude then, isn't it? Who has a surname, yeah. Miriam? I don't want to make fun of um, of having feminine surnames, but surnames Miriam—that's lame. Yes, but it's it's it has to be a crusty old dude because how how long is that dictionary a, a thing? It's yeah. Probably before a time that women even had a say about words. So, you know. Yeah, you just angrily resent resenting women and be like, "I'll show you women who don't." Um, fancy me because of my stupid surname here <laughs> let me just write down a bunch of words for how much i know yes it was all a, a, like a competition game <laughs> yeah i feel like that's what most guys back then i feel like anyone who had any accomplishments is because they're they're either like really resentful or really horny i think those two are the main human drives <laughs> and that's what i work on <laughs> that's, that's how I get over my get out of my comfort zone and be brave by <laughs> whenever I make a brave choice it's because I'm either really resentful of someone I'm just envious of or I'm really horny or both yeah when you are horny for someone you're resentful of that's a whole mindfuck <laughs> yeah that's the worst combo isn't it that's, that's the worst. I really don't like when when you see someone you're like Damn, they're hot, but I re I don't like them. But god damn, they look good. <laughs> it's the worst. That's the worst. Do you, what, you agree? Is there someone specific that you you really don't like, but you think is really hot? Not like off the top of my head. I think. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I'm thinking too. Because most most of them look pretty gross. Come on, you you be be brave and talk about your resent. I, what's the word for it? Where's Miriam Webster? Oh, I, I, I have a lot of, of, resent, of resent, resentfulness. I don't know if that's the word. I have a lot of resentfulness again, uh, for a lot of people. And what I was going to say <laughs> as well is that that sometimes drives me to do things because it's like, I want to prove that I'm better than that person. So that does drive me to do yeah. things sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if any of yeah. them are hot. But again, yeah. Okay, because this is, we're getting to the real, real shit here, which is basically everything I've said up until this point is a lie. And <laughs> you should forget about it. Um, because, because what really gets me out of my comfort zone, what gets me brave, 
is when I resent someone and am horny for them at the same time and and totally vibing with what you said about how like you need to prove to them that that you're better <laughs> all of my all of my brave choices are are never for me it's to prove something to someone who doesn't even know I think these thoughts have you actually successfully acted on your horniness with someone who you were resentful of <laughs> <laughs> oh no man that was I guess okay this is another oh now it's all coming out all the brave stuff I think it's easy to be vulnerable on a podcast because it feels like you're sort of on stage and it's a some reason easier to do that mm -hmm. i don't know what that is yeah it's true um, i think it's easier for me also to be vulnerable on stage uh, as opposed to like uh, in a loving yeah. relationship with a partner yeah sh sharing my personal yes. information on on the platform rather than um uh, in private conversation yeah. <laughs> with loved family and friends yeah no so um i guess another thing that i i think is hard and from was hard for me it was acting on horniness yeah well let's put that in a in a nicer way uh when whenever i feel attracted to someone well when when i did uh when i was younger um i had no idea what to do um and big part of that is because relationships i don't know if this is an east asian thing or an asian thing or a second gen immigrant immigrant thing but it was always education mm -hmm. first before anything else and because i'm such a good boy um as established um i i really struggled with that and would get really anxious about that too um so when i went off to uni the first time i lived um away from home uh being encountered with that kind of stuff it's it's you really feel like you're 10 years behind everyone else and you're geeking out over getting a kiss or something, but um, everyone yeah. else is beyond that. And um, and being, that was, I think that's the hardest thing I've done to try and get myself out of the comfort zone, which is having relationships and sometimes things that are less than relationships. Yes. <laughs> I, I think I've never publicly said uh, the age, but I'm a very late bloomer. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I do relate to that. Oh, I okay. like, I was a virgin until very late in life i don't like the word i think it doesn't mean anything yeah. but yeah in the in that sense of the word yes uh so yeah i do like have unlike i've had maybe one actual relationship mm. everything else was just uh fun <laughs> <laughs> which is easier for or was uh, yeah. at some point in my life it was way easier to just go out uh, meet someone bring them home and then bye i want to see you again yeah i love yeah. that was that was hard that stuff is hard for me still that uh just the idea of of just meeting someone um or actually i guess maybe that's a covid thing just the idea of talking to someone in the room is, is yeah interesting. but um, but i i i think i have i had a lot of issue like seeing myself as someone who was um, a, a sexual, a sexual being, um, and East Asian men are emasculated a lot in media, and and as much as I, every minute of my life, uh, <laughs> go against that. <laughs> when I step out the door, I'm already uh, taking down those stereotypes. Um, uh, it's it's hard to you you have that image yourself. Um, yeah. And and it's uh, a lot of trying to rework that and being like no. East Asian men are hot, and I'm glad to lead the charge in that. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just ah uh, yes. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, I was also just thinking because you were saying that that part, like just uh, meeting people and doing stuff with them, it's also hard because of that like interpersonal skill, yeah. I guess, or the the thing of getting up to someone and saying, hey. I like you it's hard and i just realized that yeah because i said at, at some point in my life that was very easy for me and it was a point in my life where i still drank alcohol and i stopped now oh. and that became more difficult because all oh. those inhibitions that alcohol hel hel yeah. helps we you with <laughs> they're all here now <laughs> see this is i feel like anyone who who is straight edge or sober i i like I, I rate them because 
how do they deal with stress you know that you have yeah. to have like i feel like most people have one damaging thing that they take part of but it's you just need that kind of release um with me now it's just binge eating i <laughs> substituted alcohol with just eating chocolate <laughs> <laughs> okay oh is that that makes sense actually eating does seem like the the like safest one because I think what are the main ones sex drugs alcohol which is still drugs I guess um, yes um, smoking yeah um, once you get rid of all of that it's just, just all you got yeah. left is eating yeah I, I won't get rid of sex because that's like I also have like a nice collection of sex toys so you know okay. there's always that in my life see what you got to do <laughs> yes. scratch that itch <laughs> <laughs> literally uh, it's not it's not scratching uh, it's not <laughs> but yeah i guess i i find that like once you once i got used to the idea of sex and relationships uh it's it becomes way easier to talk about it but then there's there's this kind of like i don't want to call it overcompensating um because it's not something but but you kind of there's like this flood of like oh now i finally feel comfortable to talk about this thing i'm going to talk about it loads yeah and i i think that's that's like a really satisfying experience um post faint clarity um yes. where you're like uh, i i that's like a good sign i think of bravery of like i've i've achieved this thing and now i can talk about butts and scratching itching like it's like it's nothing um yes that's, a, that's something to be proud of yeah i i love talking about sex it's probably maybe one of the <laughs> things i talk more about <laughs> <laughs> i wish i spe- especially during this time of covid i wish i did more of it rather than <laughs> just talk about it but well it's like needs must <laughs> going back to bravery okay yeah okay <laughs> Is there someone in your life, real or fictional, or like someone, a public figure, or just someone you know that you would use as an example of bravery? Hmm. Oh, that's, that's hard. Can be just you. <laughs> well, I've already called myself hot and smart today. Um, uh, but I think I'll hold that from bravery so yes. that I can um, call myself humble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh damn who what have other people said uh, a lot of people had said like their parents their mom uh someone said yeah, Sam, samwise Gim- gamji <laughs> okay some um, wait from lord of the rings yes oh he wants to fuck frodo so bad <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> have you listened to podcast nicole Bayer and lauren lapkus have no. where they're watching lord of the rings for the first time no, I've heard about They're it. also always mentioning how <laughs> he just really wants to fuck Frodo. Of course he does. <laughs> There's so many movies about two male best friends and it's like, they so clearly want to fuck each other. Just get it out of the way. Yeah. Oh, damn. But going back to who... <laughs> um, okay, I have one. I have one. Michaela Cowell. Oh. I watched her... Well, obviously, I made Destroy You is an uh, excellent mm-hmm. television show. Um, and everyone should watch it. And everyone who thinks it's too heavy, I feel like past past like the first quarter, then it starts to lighten up a bit, and it's not as what you think yeah. it is. So I, I yeah. recommend it that way. But um, no, I I really um, thought she was brave for talking about her um, experience on uh, with sexual um, assault um, on the. Yeah. And I watched a whole uh, like Edinburgh TV festival lecture. Which is mm-hmm. also something I like, really recommend you watch because she's like really eloquently talking about how being a quote unquote misfit and um, dealing with people who are faultless and faultless is like a, a word she keeps going back to um, because she's saying that uh, she didn't want to use the words like racist, sexist, homophobic because it puts people on defense and what she wants people to do is accept these things without feeling like they're being attacked which mm-hmm. is um, a very interesting way of talking about it and saying it. I, I just really rate her for being um, uh, very like clear and eloquent. Her, her ability to control room, 
just by talking. Yeah. It's crazy good. I haven't actually, I've, like, I, st- I think I've seen, like, snippets of it, but I haven't watched the whole uh, McTaggart speech thing, so I may try to to catch that i did uh, see her run in the park next to my house the other day so, you know. that's cool, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> i'm just i'm trying to think of more bravery people now <laughs> it can be like fictional characters as not with the trash i've been watching <laughs> <laughs> oh okay all right okay see i bang on about studio ghibli stuff um Mm -hmm. and one of my favorites is kiki's delivery service have you watched that one so like there's a lot of there's a lot of ones that are like sort of violent and with more mythical creatures and stuff but kiki's delivery service it's about this teenage witch girl who goes to a town in italy to start a delivery business (laughs) and it's like so relatable and and how she takes she she's like part of an old world of witchcraft and she goes to a modern world where people are on the verge of flight technology and modernization and she doesn't fit in that world anymore and i totally i love how they illustrate this journey of like it's it's not so much a coming of age story where she faces some external pressure and she's the chosen one or something it's literally she is in a new place trying to be an adult but she's part Everything she knows, um, everything that's traditional in her world is irrelevant in this world and she has to adjust to that. And I think yeah. that's a way more powerful story that young people should hear and watch. Yeah, because that's technically what we all do is like having to adjust to... Yeah. Yeah, because... Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like even even if you live in the same place you grew up with and... Yeah, I think the, what you are... you what people prepare you to growing Mm -hmm. up is very different from what you find when Mm -hmm. you're an adult and have to find for yourself yeah you aren't you aren't prepared no one prepared you for anything you studied years of your life and you know nothing (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's oh the the film is such good um there's so many good moments of like there's no big breakthrough there's never any kind of big like in life there's you never wake up one day and feel like I'm an adult today I have this one yeah. big thing happened to me and, and now I'm sorted for the rest of my life it's never like that it's always just like small victories and lots of small failures that pile up onto you and I think being brave is um, being able to struggle off those failures qu- quicker or faster and not getting sunk into that there's another definition. How many definitions? Yeah, that? Three definitions? Two? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a, a beautiful one because I think it's something we can all use, I guess. Because I, I feel like most people... Except, except maybe for those jackasses that everything is mm. uh, <laughs> great in their lives and there. But, but maybe, maybe mm. even those people have like hidden fears of failure that yeah. we just don't see. Because I think everyone is afraid of failure and that's yeah. like yeah. finally understanding and then after you understand it you actually have to do it but finally understanding that failure is part of life and that makes you grow and learn and mm. makes you better is like uh, one of those uh, mind-blowing moments of life yeah it's like oh why hasn't someone told me this the moment i came out of my mother's vagina yes <laughs> just like a like a ski banner like like you like yes. slide out of it and then it's... do you know there's that <laughs> there's that there's that trope on tv of people like walking against a black background and then there's like neon lights of various bars behind them yes do you know what i'm talking about where do... okay it's yes. it's like that you because I'm a cesarean, shout out to my cesareans, but I imagine you burst out and then it's just neon lights and stars from Broadway saying, you're going to fail loads, get used to it. Yes. <laughs> it should be like straight away. You should mm. have those. And neon is the best way to yeah. to pass on information. So yes, yeah. let's start that business, Bruce. Let's go into maternity <laughs> wards with our neon, neon <laughs> banners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> welcoming children into life through failure 
we have been recording for a long time and we went okay. on like a, a lot of tangents that were wonderful and I really enjoyed <laughs> them. Uh, but we are at the end of the podcast. And the last thing I ask you mm. for it has nothing to do with bravery or maybe it does because you will have to put your work out there. But is, oh, yeah. do you have any plugs? <laughs> Uh, if I plug a Twitch show, then that means I have to do it, right? So yes. Okay, so I'll I'll plug this Twitch show, which doesn't exist at this current moment, but will exist in the future at some point. It um, should exist by the fourth of November, which is when your episode is coming. Oh out. crap! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Uh, uh, if it okay, if it is that day, then sure. But if not, then the updates will be on my Instagram at Bruce Tango or on Twitter at Bruce Tangio. T A N G I O. And also, oh, check out this Guardian article I was part of uh, about improv and uh, uh, being an ethnic minority, global majority. Yeah, I'm still not settled on which term to use. Do you have anything coming up with Comedy Asians? Um, yeah, we do. And I, I think you're laughing because you saw the light flash behind in the back of my eyes. <laughs> I'm like, I, yes. I can't remember the dates or the names. You do, but I don't know why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we got, we got, it was strange. We had like, we had like a gap of, of uh, not much communication. And then immediately you got flooded with like, oh, we've got this show coming out, this show coming out. And I can't remember what the dates of that are, but you can find that all on at Comedy Asians. Um, on literally every social media. Cool. Thank you so much for being Thank a guest you in my for podcast, having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at, at Marianne's Beats on Twitter and Instagram for all dowdy updates. As all podcasts will tell you, all rates and reviews will be super welcome. And do share the podcast with your friends or on your socials. Hashtag DowdyPod. I would also like to know your pics of people who, to you, are examples of bravery. Share them on your reviews or tweet them at me. Huge, huge thank you to Champagne for the podcast jingle and a bunch of other things that are on podcast related. If you've enjoyed listening to Dowdy, have some spare to give, and would like to support me and help me improve on my tech and skills, all tips are welcome through PayPal and Coffee on at Mariana's Beats. I've been Mariana Feijó. Until next week.